Hello, listening people. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 indeed. Listening people. Ho, ho, ho. It's me, Papa Santa. And I'm joined by my other Santa, Santa Santa. Święty Bartek. <laughs> I don't speak North Polonese, but <laughs> I am actually one of your hosts of this podcast you're listening to called Spit and Polish. Likely because we're always spitting and we're both Polish. I'm Ryan. And I'm Bartek. And we're both Polish, in case you need that hammered home for you. And we said ho 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 before because we are discriminatory against sex workers. But also... <laughs> we acknowledge that they exist. And discriminatory about it. Just like the yeah. film we're covering today. But um, we are doing our show, Pictures Powwow. But it's also a Christmassy feel. It's December-y time. It's Christmassy time. Christmas isn't too far away. We started with a cold movie about water. Now we've got one where it snows a bit, I think. Maybe. It snows a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a train has to stop because it snows so much. Yes. Bartek, we're doing Pictures Power, the show in which we cover a movie of, that has been recommended, mm-hmm. whether it's from myself, you, or the listening people. This episode, we're covering a Christmas-based movie, or movie that takes place around Christmas, mm-hmm. that you recommended. Yes. What is that film? The film is the 2003 Japanese animation film, mm-hmm. uh, Tokyo Godfathers. Or in its original language. <laughs> Tokyo Godfathers. <laughs> I really thought you had been kind of like with other ones. You've 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 batted out like oh the original title was this. So I was waiting for you to be like. That's oh, a good point. I, I think I think I got it. I think this one is the original subtitle, but oh really? Or subtitle title. Tokyo Godfathers. <laughs> Great. So we're doing the 2003 uh, yes animated Japanese animated film Tokyo Godfathers. If you have not had the chance to watch Tokyo Godfathers. Give it a watch, because we're going to be discussing it in depth. We're going to be going, talking about how we feel about it, what's going on, and if you're at all interested, give it a watch. If you're not, you're going to hear us talk about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Or you're not, you're going to click off and be like, I cannot stand that they are not doing a movie that I have not seen. Oh, they're doing things that I haven't seen. Ooh. This isn't my field of knowledge. Yeah, Roger Ebert. So, <laughs> Bartek... You selected Tokyo Godfathers. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your history with this movie and uh, why you recommended it. So about two years ago, I was on some site that I'm never really on. I think it was even just Tumblr. Mm. Um, And someone made this post about how, um, like, oh, I'm always looking for films that are very progressive or, or feature a lot of, like, trans characters. And yet there was this one from 2003 that I'd never heard of that I finally watched, and it's amazing. Uh, and I I read that, and I'm like, oh, well, I haven't heard of that film, but I, I do like anime, f- anime, and I haven't seen too many anime films. Maybe I'll check that one out. Because you're more of a TV kind of guy yeah, when it TV comes to the anime kind of stuff. Um, so I checked it out, and I really liked it, and I, I think I even recommended it to one or two people at the time. Uh, I don't think either of them watched it. And this was uh, this film that we're covering is that film you're talking about? Yes, Tokyo <laughs> Godfathers. Um, yeah, and then as we were doing this show, Pictures Power, I was thinking about, like, ah, oh, well, you know, given my interests, they're a lot different from Ryan's. There's probably going to be a point at some point where I pick an anime film, like a Bollywood film, things like that. And I was thinking yes. about what would be, like, a good one. And I remembered Tokyo Godfathers. Mm-hmm. And I was going to pick it at the time where I thought of it. But then I remembered, like, oh, wait, I think it's set during Christmas. I'll have to save it for December. Ho, ho, ho. And here we are. Well, that's fantastic. Um... I have no history with this film until you 
said it last episode, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, I've watched some uh, anime, anime movies, or in Japanese animated films, less so the TV shows, there's mm. only a few I've bothered with, and I don't, can, I can't say that I've, there's many, if any, that I've stuck all the way through with. Yeah, that's fair. I was like most Western boys when Attack on Titan came out, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, and I watched the first season, and then I've never picked it up again. Um, because I didn't find it as interesting as everyone else, evidently. Uh, uh, when it comes to movies, yeah, I've seen a few, like, uh, you know, I've seen some, uh, a good amount of Miyazaki's, I've seen, you know, a few others, uh, you know, if, yeah, so when you re- suggested this, I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, we, another one to add, I had recently, I've recently been watching a couple as well, like, I watched, uh, uh Your Name recently. Mm-hmm. And that's one that everyone has banged on about since it came out, and I never checked it out, and I did, and I enjoyed it. So I was like, yeah, I'm in the in the spirit, and it's Christmassy, so yeah, yeah cool, cool, because you mentioned that last episode. So I was like, but there was this storm cloud overhead, because both my wife and I were very terrified, because any time Bartek and anime has come to, to, on our table for... Pictures, I've been... Sorry, the other one, Mystery Box. Mystery yeah. Box. It's been um, sexually exploitative in nature. Oh, yeah. I remember the Japanese title for this. It's Uotsuki Doji, Time of Godfathers. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked you last episode, is this going to be a hentai? And you're like, no. And I'm like, are you sure, though? Uh, <laughs> thankfully, it wasn't. Um, it was tame. It didn't have anything gratuitous. or It didn't have rape, is what I'm saying. No. Um, which was nice. It felt Christmassy because we were watching Arutsuki Doji too at Christmas time. <laughs> That's so right, I was yes. like, "Oh boy, is this his like way of getting it, getting it to me again?" Uh, so I was very thrilled with that. Having no understanding of what I was walking into, just Tokyo Godfather's Christmas. I thought, "Oh, is this going to be like a Japanese anime take on like the the Three Wise Men?" That's what I thought. Mm. And um, yeah, it was it was something. So Bartek, there was a baby. There was a baby, and there were three wise-ish people in their own unique fields. Mm-hmm. Bartek, what was your thoughts on this when you first watched it, and how do they compare to how you feel now when you watched it this time around? Uh, so over the th- a lot of the films I've picked on Pictures Power, I realize uh, things that I'd seen a long time ago, and it, part of the experience of me putting them on the show is me re-watching them to remind myself about them. This one's a lot more fresh since it's only been two years, but there were like plot points and things that I didn't remember. Um, but obviously I did remember that a big theme of this film is like the homeless. Yeah. Um, and that this film, as they, they show them in a way that humanizes them, but doesn't like, you know, beautify them or anything like mm-hmm. that too much. Um, I forgot what the question was. Uh, it was basically how were your feelings then to how they are now? Oh, right, right. Um, I'll, I'll be honest when the film started, it, uh, it took a while to get to like the point which the point is that they find a baby and have to yep. care for it and there's a lot of like character interactions between the three mm-hmm. that tries to be comedic in nature and uh, it, it feels like that goes a bit too long mm-hmm. but I feel like after a certain point in the film it picks up a lot it's a lot more consistent and even after I finished watching the film and was thinking back on it I found myself really appreciating it more yeah, I feel very similar. I found this, uh, to be honest, I found the first half of the movie a bit slow going. Like, I enjoy our characters, I do. 
it just took a little while for me to get going. I think what really hooked me isn't just them finding the baby, but once they actually start to investigate the case, like, yeah. you know, once they actually start getting onto the mystery of where did this baby come from, all that, that's when it picked up for me, but that doesn't really feel like it starts chugging along until they're on the train. I was actually going to say the same thing. Around the time they got off the train, I felt like the film really picked and up. And that's when it, yeah. And then, and then my big thing that threw me off is, and I go, okay, not only is this a cultural thing, uh, a, a genre thing, an animation thing, and also a time thing, yeah. is it threw me off how abruptly the intro credits happen at you mm. and how abruptly the film ended. Yeah. Less so with the ending. I think the ending I'll get into later. But like the, the like a truck at the beginning just pulls up with the title, and you're like, oh, okay. I guess we're interrupting that scene now for for the intro. <laughs> Do you know? Did you have that? Uh, not as much, no. But it it was, yeah. It, it starts off with like a mass, and then yeah, then intro, and then food. Yeah, um, and um, you know, like I I'm just saying, like I I acknowledge all those things I mentioned, like maybe. It's a cultural thing, an animation thing, and time period thing, and all that. But I was just a bit thrown off. I was like, oh, okay, it has that music where it's all like, duh, 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 duh. and I'm like, okay, okay, wow, that's a bit of a throw off. But okay, we're back into the movie now. Um, yeah, I didn't realize what I was getting into. So yeah, the, we have these three from the outset unlikable characters. One could say they're not the most morally upstanding people. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested in the fact that um, what you mentioned before about trans character stuff. Yeah. Obviously, that's going to be a big discussion in this episode. And, uh, you know, like, I, don't, I wouldn't say that we're the biggest kind of experts in talking about, you know, trans characters and rights and how trans characters representate, represented in films and mm. movies and media. And this one is going to be a tricky one to discuss because how the film handles it yeah, is yeah. very interesting. And I want, I'm not going to say odd because I've seen it handled in this kind of fashion too. But like, yeah, it's going to be one of those where it's like I can see people who watch it being like, this is transphobic and others being like, no, it's not. Yeah. That kind of thing. And there's all, yeah, it also kind of ties into subtitles, like their interpretations of some of the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, the thing that I thought about, my prevailing feeling was this film would be very offensive to a lot of people watching it for our sh- Like people who watch it for this. Like, you know, there are people who do watch this. I can see a lot of people being like thrown off by the homophobia, the transphobia, all that kind of stuff. Me, I'm just like, I'm fine with that. Like, I get what this is. Like, these are friends ribbing each other and being cruel to each other, as friends often do. And, of course, this is heightened by the fact that these people are morally dubious people to begin with. These are all people who have run away from their lives and gone into a cardboard box instead of challenging, facing their challenges. That's also something very interesting I found about this movie, Bartek, is our three homeless characters are all homeless in a way in which the film proposes that um, they didn't have to be homeless in the first place. They, like, they actively chose that, which isn't always, which is not always the case with homeless people, but I found that an interesting thing, and they yeah. do explore it into the movie. I was like, oh, that's great, you know, I feel like... The film does a really excellent job of, of of unfolding the narrative of our three characters, why they're here, how they got here, yep. and without that... it just being like, and this is the scene now in which you find out their backstory. 
Mm. And, like, yeah, it doesn't, like, start off the film by saying, like, these are who these characters are, but it doesn't take too long for them to get into all three of them, which I appreciated. Mm. And it's also those twists and turns where some of them are outright lying and some of them are holding back. Mm. And some of them are just like, yeah, you know, like, I I don't know what to say that I haven't already said, you know? (laughs) So... Uh, I found that very interesting. Now, but it's like you're 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 a fan of Japanese animation. What yeah. do you think about the the actual animation in this film? Yes. Yeah, so um, this this sort of ties back to a thing that I briefly mentioned in our The Shining episode that I'd mm. recently watched a couple of like a uh, mind bending like or c- confusing things, um, and it actually ties into my decision to do this film. Uh, so maybe you would have read about this, but uh, just to let everyone else know, the director of this film, Satoshi Kon, has directed four other things, three films and an, an and a anime. Yeah. Um, and in me picking this, I read that, like, oh, Tokyo Godfather stands out from the bunch because it's the most... Ooh, it's the most normal one of the bunch. So I thought, like, oh, that's interesting, and I ended up watching all those other four things. Um, and I noticed that one thing that his works do, I don't know if he himself is an animator or he just works with the same sort of animation team, is that they try to make the characters actually look kind of Japanese. Yeah. Try to make them look a bit more realistic, not like overly beautified. Or with the weird eyes. With the weird big eyes. Like they, they definitely look Japanese in these films. So it's... Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I didn't, that didn't, yeah, I mean, I just snapped because it's set in Tokyo, and like, yeah, obviously, but like, yeah, you're right, like, a lot of animes have it that... Disney-inspired style, that vague, in anime, that vague, like, yeah, they're white, but... Exactly. You know, they're not, right? (laughs) Like, that kind of (laughs) wink, wink, you know, you know, like, when people lost their shit about that live-action ghost in the shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people in Japan were like, we don't give a shit. (laughs) You, you know about the franchise now? Cool, get into it. Yeah, cool. Wow. I mean, we would have had the nipples. <laughs> that, that was the biggest controversy from Japan's side was we we added that we, we would have had the nipples, but like, that's about it. Like, <laughs> Not about that. But uh, yeah, dude, like I thought, yeah, I didn't even think about that. And I'm I'm glad to hear that like this is an odd, odd one in this guy's f- filmography and work mm. because like I was like, okay, I was expecting this to be weird. And then it wasn't because you know a lot of animes, yeah. even the more claimed ones, have that more fantastical edge, which this does have slightly, but more of a farce mm. with a slight hint towards you know destiny and and you know God. It's, it's very much like a Christmas miracle kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. So I was expecting some more whoa crazy stuff, yeah. which we do get occasionally, like when yeah. that angel. Home, like yeah, that the, angel. the angel, the flashback that turned out to be a dream, and the baby <laughs> says a line near the end. <laughs> the baby saying a line near the end. I'll say this, like because I've watched this before his other films, and rewatching this now, I'm like, oh, there are still little bits of that kind of what is this really happening magically? I will say with the baby, my interpretation was that it was just her that heard it because she's like mentally yeah. unhinged. But yeah, yeah, I would have loved it if it was actually <laughs> the baby that said um, it. And just to cover my ass a bit, because you asked about animation, I talked about art style. I think the animation animation itself was very good like they all have unique walking and running styles and it really shows their character yeah and you know something i really did appreciate the very first thing i noticed was um i'm forgetting uh the 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 trans characters Uh, hannah hannah i was like the way we first get introduced like the the way the shots framed i was like oh okay that's an ugly looking anime woman it kind of looks like a guy right 
when you know, in a lot of animes they're not afraid to draw women in these really grotesque some women in these really grotesque masculine looking ways you yep. know what i'm talking about yep. so i was expecting the film just to be like oh okay that's but then the character actually is you know uh, Bi- a, biologically male yeah. biologically male and i was just like oh wow like i wasn't expecting that i was just expecting it to be a typical anime where they've got like this gross masculine looking woman who's just like there for the sake of comedy or something and then it actually came around and was like actually a big part of the plot and i was like whoa what i agree the animation they all yeah they all unique i i also love um when they do the flashbacks and how their characters actually look like you know look like yeah that looks like them from years ago mm-hmm. they do a good job with that too because i've watched some animes where they flash back and they look the exact same and i'm like why yeah like the miyuki the teenage girl like when she was living at home she was a lot more chubby yeah exactly uh, and then gin the the middle-aged man yeah when you saw him on the bike like even though that was a lie you could still buy that like oh he probably did look like that though. he probably did look like that though yeah, I thought the there was a lot of unique stuff with the animation. I also loved how they made Tokyo looked. I loved how the snow looked and how the lighting from the snow really helped things. I also loved the weird little animation quirky stuff like like yeah, when they show like a bubble come on screen and they'll zip back in time or like all these random things like when the guy uh, when the gangster guy was underneath his car and like how they explained that <laughs> yeah. with the animation as just that alone was really funny mm. uh, and like stuff like that or like how they dramatic get dramatic with the animation like when the shooting happens and and how dramatic the animation goes with that i felt like one of the things that i've found with anime anime to main more tv shows than the movies but like i found with this i was surprised with how fluid the animation was i'm you know i'm a bit more used to it being a little bit more stiff mm. than western animation but i found this really fluid oh here's uh, satoshi Kon's last film paprika which is the one that's like inception a few years before inception has a lot of a lot of really fluid animations yeah and i just loved yeah the environments that we got to see and yeah it was it was really interesting i found i really engaged with the animation and i'll be keen to check out this guy's work and the uh, uh, and the other animators who worked on this as well because uh the co-director of this is a guy who's more known for doing like uh, animation itself more than like directing animation so Mm -hmm. the other guy who's credited as co-director who's only done this as a direction thing okay is known for doing like lots of animation stuff for like more of the mainstream like you know like I said, Miyazaki stuff and like all those kind of things. So like he's like twenty or thirty credits. So I was like, yeah, I'd be keen to see more of of, of this guy of these guys' work in general. Mm. Um So Bartek, um this film's funny. <laughs> it is funny, yeah. <laughs> it is funny. Um what were some of the comedy aspects that really worked for you? I mean the the interactions in general I thought were all pretty great. Um I guess one one scene that kind of got into dark comedy was when Gin found the dying uh, homeless man. Yes, he he, he had he, he played that whole like oh senile old man dying. His last request is like a drink, but like they didn't go too over the top with it. He kept dying and coming he kept back, dying coming back, and like the outside, all the things stop spinning and the light comes on him when he and it's like all this crazy stuff that he did. And then the reaction of like a oh, rest in peace old man. He's gonna close the eyes. His hands go over the eyes. The eyes are still open. Like, ah! <laughs> it's like, oh, one last request. 
could you explain to me, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but the old man hands him like a bag with like a little bag and he goes, mm. take this because if they find out who I am, they'll all kill me. What was, in, what was that? That's a good question. <laughs> was Did he... Was that, was that bag what had the, the winning lottery ticket? I or? think maybe, right? Yeah. Like I, I just couldn't remember. Maybe maybe I wasn't paying attention or that I could have connected better. Because mm. I didn't really notice that character with the bag from that point on, yeah, really. Yeah. I didn't really focus on that as and a Especially thing. because earlier in the film, they already picked up a bag with a bunch of things in and, it. And it's not like we have that bo- moment where he opens the bag and sees what's in it. Like mm. He kind of gets beaten up first, and um, that was oh. intense. Oh, yeah, the the teenage guys. Yeah, the guys who are, like, cleaning up. (laughs) Mm, I've seen that in a few other things, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a problem in Japan. Yeah, and it's a clockwork orange type attitude. Mm. Um, Yeah, the comedy really worked for me in this, mainly with the animation and the physical kind of comedy. A lot of the the reaction shots or, like, Reactions and double takes were great, yeah. The slapstick kind of attitude of, like, the action and the comedy combined, like, when they're doing the truck chase with the bicycle and Mm. then the cab driver, who is probably my favourite character... (laughs) Could I just love to imagine his night out where he's he's encountered like three or four major occurrences in the city. It's a good recurring character, yeah. And how straight laced he is, but also like, oh boy, that big hit on. <laughs> and he's a good guy. <laughs> um, I I really liked the comedy, the physical comedy in this. The animation really, really complement. And like you said, these three characters interact really well off of each other. Like when they don't like each other. See, this is like Shrek. In you know, in Shrek one, there's that bit where a character overhears another character, and then they separate because they're disagreeing with one another. We have a moment in this movie in which the characters disagree, misunderstand, and separate. But it doesn't ruin the pacing of the movie. Mm. Like when, um, uh, you know, like when they separate, they separate off a few times. Yeah, especially Gin. Yeah, Gin gets separates off on his own, or they leave him, and it's like it's still fun. It doesn't like it, the pacing of the movie in the middle portion, in particular, is really strong. I feel like the first bit was a little, like I said, the first. Like, let's say half hour, 40 minutes were a bit slow for me. Yeah, I think it was like 25, 30 minutes. Um, I think it's just with me getting up to pace with it. And then the last moment of the film I feel odd about, but not for pacing reasons, just for more, I want a different kind of satisfaction than the movie's wanting to give. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, the comedy in this I found interesting. Yeah, and I just love how cruel they are to one another. See, I think a lot of people would get turned off by this because of how mean-spirited our characters are. Yeah. But as you and I know, uh, as with movies we've covered on this show, we're not afraid to uh, lavish in the mean-spirited nature of characters to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Did you, however, find that the movie overstepped it at any point like it stepped over the line of mean-spiritedness did was there any moments where you're like oh that's a bit much i don't think so but it is true that i the subtitles showed me the words you know faggot and homo a lot it did and i could definitely see some people especially because early on in those first 25 minutes it gets shown a lot I can see a lot of people maybe turning off the film for that reason alone yeah um but 
I, I also agree. Yeah, these people are friends, and it's not like they're saying it's bad that you're this. It's This is just the word I'm using to make fun of you kind of thing, I guess. And also, this is from 2003 from Japan. Yeah. Uh, so there's a time stamp there and a cultural stamp there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I mentioned earlier, the, the word that they used uh, on Hana a lot is Okama, which... I think a lot of places you'll see that, yeah, it does get generalized to, like, faggot or something like that. Um, but it, I think it covers a bit of more of a range of things. Like, it mm. could mean, like, an effeminate man. It could mean a cross-dresser or a drag artist or even a transgender person. So I, I think maybe it was a bit generalized to replace all of them with just faggot or homo. But, again, this is also, yeah, 2003 Japan. So yeah. it could... It could be either way. It could be on the film, it could be on the translators, or it could just be both. Yeah, yeah. I would be curious. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a curious thing when it comes to these kind of kind of things. Like, for me, I never really... I don't think it ever stepped over the line for me either. There was some moments where I was like, oh, well, you know, that's a bit full on. Like, like I said, I think about how other people would react to this sometimes. Because... In those first 25 minutes, I'm like... Mm, will Ryan actually like this? Am I misremembering this film? But then when it picked up, I'm like, no, 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 I, I didn't misremember. My wife, Rachel, she didn't care for this movie as much. Like, she she liked it fine enough, but she's like, yeah, you know, it was all right. Mm -hmm. For me, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Like, I, I it, it's not like my most top 10 anime, but I really did find myself a bit surprised with where it went and how deep it got. Because like you said, those first 25, 30 minutes, you're thinking, oh, is it going to be just these guys being cruel to each other and they're gonna have crazy homeless hijinks with the baby which is exactly what happens but like yeah. <laughs> there's a deeper level here that they that they that they delve into with our with our characters talking about our characters do you have a favorite out of our three i'm not actually not sure if i do i i really i think all of them brought something to the table yeah, I, it's a hard one to pick. Uh, you know, like, when I thought, oh, this person's my favourite, then the movie will focus on another one, and I'm like, oh, I like them. Mm. You know, I like them, I like this one. Yeah, it was, it's a hard one. This is a really good example of a movie that, that knows how to juggle the attention of your characters. Mm. Like I said, characters separate off. We focus on this one's backstory, we focus on this one in the current moment. And it was I, I did interesting yeah. juggling act. I, I liked how the journey started off having nothing to do with their backstories, but in the process of, like, like you said, investigating, it did bring their backstories into the mix. Yeah, because of course the whole thing is them about reuniting a family together, and they're all people who are from broken homes in some way, whether it be from circumstances. They have a parenthood issue of yeah, some sort. They have some kind of issue when it comes to family, whether it's something they've created on their own or something that's been bestowed upon them. Yeah, one of them even is the father of the situation. Exactly. So, yeah, I found that 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 dynamic interesting. Like I said, like yeah, it's hard for me to pick. I think uh, you know, um what was what was the young girl's name again? Miyuki. I liked her, I think, out of all of them. I just, I liked how, I don't know, she was the most, uh, like, emotionally closed off with them, but emotionally open with us, the audience, mm. in a lot of ways. Like, finding out her backstory is very interesting. Yeah, and I She doesn't feel... even tell it to either of the two, yeah. And I also like that we don't get the full picture of what her backstory is. Like, she stabbed her dad because he 
lost the cat. Yeah, that was clearly like a straw that broke the camel's back. What else was on the camel? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then you're like, the cat came back and <laughs> all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, I, I could watch a movie more, another movie with her as a yeah, character. I read, I'd like to know where she's, what she's up to. Yeah, I read somewhere online that like, uh, I think whoever wrote what I read online thought that her arc was incomplete, but I thought we got enough pieces of it. Like, you could do more with it, but I think there was at least enough. I agree on a level with that critique, because my big problem with the ending is, and this is just me being sentimental, Yeah. I wanted a hug. Yeah. I wanted to see a physical embrace, not just, Dad? And then they're like, whew, and then end. Like, Miyuki, Dad? And then end. And then Japanese Odita Joy. A part of me also wanted the the the, the parents to meet uh, Tokyo Godfathers. Mm. Like I wanted, I the, don't know. The, like the, I'm a bit more. The like... movie basically ended with the beginning of an emotional scene. Yeah, and I can see why a critique could be made that the arc feels incomplete. With me, maybe you know, I just a physical embrace would have been nice. I, yeah, I, I could just me being... more, but at least with. We were given the pieces to know how the scene would play out, at least. Exactly, which which is understandable. But there's still going to be that little point down for me where I was like, I want a hug, man. Like, I just want a physical embrace or something. I just want want a nice... Like, we still have a nice ending here, but, like, I just wanted the... I wanted some syrup on there. Yeah, the big thing with Miyuki is that, um, for everyone who hasn't seen the film, is that she stabbed her father, and she thinks that if she sticks around, she's gonna get arrested, because her dad is a police inspector. But the dad, in all the lines we hear of him, is clearly 100% focused on, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, the mother's somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, we all we know is that the mum prays in a funny way. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I really attached myself to, to her as a character at the end of this. I thought, like, oh, yeah, this one, no, 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 no. But then at the end, I'm like, you know, we end with her and, I, and that. And I was like, I was really surprised, too. I was like, of course that's her dad. We've met him already. But, like, it didn't twig until, yeah, like, yeah. that moment happened. Because they showed him just enough for you not to fully remember what his character design was. And we also saw him from the back of the head until he entered the, the threes. That's true. Um, yeah, I uh, I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, uh, yeah, and speaking of uh, the climax, um, which happened just before that scene, it was nice that all three characters had their own moment. Like Gin had the whole chase to the building; she had the running up the building. Yeah, and then Hana had you know catching the baby as it was falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I exactly like this film knows how to juggle all these things and knows how to to utilize our characters and, and give them their moments and to give them their weak moments and their strong moments. This is this is just the basics and this film just does it to a T. One of the things I was a bit confused on, because there were some things that I found a bit confusing. Mm. When we have the shootout moment and the the the, the um oh, the Yakuza wedding. The Yakuza wedding. And we have what was it the the Latin American guy. Yeah kidnaps her and takes her to this place and leaves her there mm. why like i, I you know what I, I was just a bit confused like what is this mm. like he's taking her to where and why are they letting her go i don't i was a bit confused can you clarify any of that for me uh, the way i saw it was like obviously the reason why he had miyuki and the baby was as a hostage thing because mm. he's just tried to kill you know the fiance to the yakuza Don's daughter. Mm. Um, so at first it was a thing of like, stay back or I will shoot her. But then I saw beyond that, 
I think he was just trying to take her to a safe place. Right. And, like, it was his wife who... It, like, it was his wife, yeah, yeah. I think so. Well, part of the deal with this scene, for people who haven't seen it, is that um, it's intentionally bilingual so that the characters don't really understand each other. Mm-hmm. But especially when it focuses on that guy's wife, it's meant to be, like, tender in spite of that. Yeah, did... We weren't. Were we meant to not get subtitles for what she I was saying? I think that was intentional. That's yeah. good because I want to make sure of that because I was like, oh, this is an interesting thing because we got it for certain words when she spoke in the same language. Or yeah, there were times where they said English words and like, oh, we know these policemen. English words and yeah, yeah, or words that is like she understands no matter the language. Yeah. But I was like, I understand what you're saying yeah, with that. Like, and pointing at like an older man in the front is like padre. It's like, oh, that's father. father. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I okay. Because I was a bit confused, like, where did he go, that guy? Yeah, that's a good question. And it was just like, why did he dump her with this woman who's not armed? Mm. Like, I was a bit confused with that. It was, you know, it was one of those little things where I was like, oh, maybe I could have had a yeah. little bit more something Satoshi here. Satoshi Kon wants to confuse us in this film, at least, at some point, I guess. Yeah, like, it was nothing major, but it was one of yeah. those things where I was like, uh, now they're just letting her go? Like, have fun. It's like, you could lead police straight back here bye bye i'm like what but uh, you know it, it's all fine like it, it, it was a it was a great scene or sequence as well with them two characters and like we said about the bilingual nature of the scene and very interesting and and whatnot and uh you know the 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 motherly bond there with you know the babe both the babies there yeah it was cute like baby be cute and that scene had baby be cute had um, two babies they had two um, I'm trying to think what else is there. Well, I really did enjoy the bit in which, um, they go to the house, the, what is left of the house of the people that they believe to be the parents yeah, of the, this the, child. Yeah, they, they found a photo at one point of where the parents of the baby used to live and they were looking for like, you know, context clues. Like, oh, we'll see this building in the background uh, from this angle, so they were looking for that, and when they found that angle, the house that was in the photo was not no longer there. I love the humor in that scene of um, him unlocking the door with the key to open. <laughs> it's like, honey, I'm home, and then the door just slowly falls over. Tadaima. And then, of course, asking the neighbors, and then the neighbors ask other neighbors, and it becomes like a whole street of like a gaggle of women just like gossiping. That, yeah, that was an exaggeration of a, a Japanese cliche of like the gossiping middle aged women. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was there's, really funny. There's an episode of Satoshi Kon's anime series, uh, Paranoia Agent, that's centered entirely around a couple of women just like that talking about rumors. <laughs> Uh, but I really enjoyed that. That was yeah. one of the humorous scenes that I, I, I found a lot of enjoyment with. Um, let's talk more about our three central characters, their backstories. We've talked mm-hmm. about one of them. Yep. So the three characters, just to remind us, are Gin. He's a middle-aged man. who he, He's a father, but he claims that his wife and daughter died um, when he couldn't get money for them. But that turns <laughs> out to be a lie. There's Hana, the trans woman who wants to be a mother and has really attached herself to the baby. And Miyuki, who ran away from home after stabbing her father. Yes. Um, which one? Which one do you want to talk about and their story? I guess we could start with Gin's one. So his whole deal was that um, he racked up some debts. He couldn't save his uh, family. As we find out. But then, as we find out, it was just drinking and gambling, getting yeah. into debt, and then he just kind of ran away from all that. Mm. Um. 
and yeah, we learned that slowly throughout the story. And he eventually, because one of the big things that happens in this film that I think some people could criticize it for, but I, I bought it. Um, the story progresses through a lot of Deus Ex Machina. They just happen to come across, you know, the ruins of the house when they found a place mm. to stay. Um, Hana and the baby didn't die because of a convenient gust of wind. Um, just, yeah, little things just keep leading them to the next point. Yeah. And it's meant to be... And the, and Hana does have a line at some point saying that... Oh, um, God. It's about God, God saves this baby. God saves this baby. This baby is blessed. As long as we're with this baby, everything will be fine. Yeah, I bought into it I with that logic. It. And even when the gust of wind thing happened, I actually found it quite moving. I did too. Yeah. Um, it physically moved the character. Yep. And like... I, <laughs> <laughs> I did a bar take. Yeah, it helped her, like, glide down. Um... <laughs> And yeah, part of what, like I said earlier, this journey that had nothing to do with their pasts end up, you know, healing them in a way. And part of that is that he meets his daughter again and finds out she's happy and that she missed him. Yeah, I found that a really nice moment. I think when it comes to the Deus Ex Machina stuff, I think my biggest problem was how much money they did and didn't have. Mm. It just seemed like there were moments where the film was like, oh, they don't have enough money. And then other moments is like, oh, they have enough. Yeah, casually go buy something. Yeah, like that was my biggest problem. Was like I understood with his character because he was saving money aside and all of that. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, I got a bit confused. Clarify for me this. I thought there was a moment where he talked with both of them about his daughter and how he's saving this money for her. And then they meet the daughter, but then it's like a big betrayal moment that she's alive and whatnot. What was, did I misinterpret that? Was he maybe talking about, like, there was a scene earlier where he was talking about, like, I've got this 30,000 yen I've saved up for my daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. And then later in the movie, he meets the daughter and gives her the, you know, and, and they talk. And then, you know, Han is all, like, upset about it. It's like, you lied to us. And then they storm off. I, felt, I got a bit confused. Did I misinterpret that first scene? Was he talking about it like, oh, like, if she was alive? I, would, I was a bit confused by that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I vaguely know what you're talking about. There's some confusion there. So he spent the 30000 on Hana. Yeah, but earlier yeah. in the movie, I think it's when they were sitting at that convenience store that they get kicked out of and the ambulance randomly goes into it. He's like, he shows the money the yeah. money, and talks about like, I'm, I'm saving this up for my daughter. I want to do something for her considering I've been absent. Yeah, so I, yeah. I was like, I, the audience was like, oh, oh, she's alive. Oh, he was making that up before. But then the movie kind of comes in later. I was like, hey, you lied. And I'm like, I, I already understood. I, yeah, I, I, I think because after that, Hana and Miyuki leave and they have that conversation about like, oh, I'm trying to be, you know, the blue Oni to his red Oni. And um, I, I think her point there was that I, she was trying to help him by bringing that up. I, I guess to kickstart their, ah, yeah, their yeah, that, that's true, that's true, that's true. Yeah. I think it was just in that moment I was so confused while we we're having a big dramatic yeah, scene. Yeah, she explains it in the next scene, but I, I guess yeah. Yeah, I really did like you know I yeah I like the reunite and I just liked that it reminded him that hey. I am a piece of shit. Like, this is all on me. Like, yeah, I... you killed someone to gain sympathy in your story. The only racing you've done is running away. Uh, I also like the little touch that, that the mother... Was it the mother's new boyfriend's backstory was the backstory he used at the beginning of the movie? Is that correct? It was something like that, where it's like, yeah, his kid died and then the wife passed on soon after. Mm-hmm is what the mother's new boyfriend's backstory was, and he used that for himself earlier in the movie. 
I can't remember if it was exact, but they definitely drew parallels. Like I think it even... was that exact phrase that she yeah. that the daughter uses, like oh yeah, and, the, and then the mother passed, and then his wife passed soon after, and that's what set off Hannah's like, hey, you son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 like I like these little 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 touches like that. Yeah, I found his story very moving. I like the fact that there was a lie at the beginning of it. Like I thought, like ah oh, okay, because I genuinely bought his story at the beginning. I didn't think to think it was going to be a fucking well, lie. Again, yeah, that was like the first time we really tried to understand his character. It was so the first time we no got a humanizing it. moment with any of our characters, yeah. other than them not, like, other than them finding a baby. Yeah, and he had that whole angle where like his. His head was aimed down. You didn't see his eyes. He was telling the story. You could see his beard. And it's like, oh, we're, we're hearing a sad man's tale. And he's making the milk. And he's like, I know kids. Yeah. So it was really, really nice. Um, yeah, no, I didn't find it too much of I mean, you know, I found the, the whimsical nature of the movie to excuse the deus ex machinas to a certain point. And I, I don't yep. get hung up on deus ex machinas as much as other people in movies. Like, if the movie's crafted well enough for me, I'll give it a a break for the most part i'll give it like oh i'll let it slide by for 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 most films but this one i did i just like hey you know the wind yeah i understood it was god Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it was kami summer exactly um i did like that yeah the the, was it the blue devil red devil thing yeah in the story i I like that i like the animation that they did for that too that was really sweet was it animated oh no but like the the, oh the art the art sorry the art for it um, that was really great. Yeah, oh. nice and stylized. It really, it looked like the two characters. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but without too much of it being like, hey, it's them, get it? Yeah. Uh, uh, and then we got, uh, Hannah's story, who's very interesting. Yeah. I found that a very interesting story. I, l- I found that bit of the movie, a, a, a turn I didn't expect to be going on when they get into the club with all the old drag queens and whatnot yeah i was i was like okay where are we going <laughs> yeah so so the owner of the club who's a very old drag queen and i think there was like a a double meaning joke there because in japan uh female owners of clubs like that are called like mama or a car mm. so it's like oh but it's also a character that raised you yeah so double meaning of mama there um yeah, she, she Hana worked there and lived there, I guess. Um, but then one incident happened where someone called her a shitty old man or shitty old fart, and she had that line of like, "You can call me shitty, but not old fart, old man." And then goes ape shit, which is something that Miyuki called her early in the film that she apologized for. Um, and then yeah, she injured that guy, and she felt like, "Oh, I have to leave this place now," and that's how she became homeless. Yeah, that, and obviously, uh, what was it her? boyfriend died yeah yeah she had a lover who who died because he slipped on soap he slipped on soap the the the, the movie had a joke was like did he die of aids and it's like no 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 he slipped on soap <laughs> yeah i like how you say joke <laughs> like, i mean it was <laughs> like yeah the joke is that he slipped on the soap but you said it like they had a joke about it, like <laughs> was it aids no so <laughs> it, i mean it did go down like that but it was it felt that... more sincere than it was <laughs> how you said it like i know yeah i know it, it was it was sincere, but it was a little bit different. Because also, the sentiment is, well, you know, life can be, like, take you like that with anything, yeah. huh? Yeah, and also, like what we were saying, there are some good reactions of in the film. The, the Mama character had some pretty good ones. Just a lot of, like, eh, kind of things. And this is the point in the movie, for me, in which it truly establishes that these characters, once this movie's over, whether or it was going to show it or not in the actual film, but I knew after that 
these characters can return back to what their lives were. Yeah. Because that's, like, really the first kind of indication of that. Oh, well, yeah, and even Miyuki has the whole thing of, like, hey, I ran away from home, I could just go back any time. And then Gin mentions, like, oh, you know, it's the people that say that that will remain homeless or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, you know, I found that that oh, was a nice moment. And I like the animation, too, for for their backstory of that incident and how, like, colorized it was and, like, how over-the-top and rounded all the characters were. Like, they weren't as jagged or edged as the animation was for the rest of the movie. Like, it was, yeah, we like... Thought, and we thought it was a flashback, but then it turned out to be a dream because Gin and Hana and the baby <laughs> were suddenly there. Like, the baby's your angel, the angel being the name of the cat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're really fun animation for flashbacks and dreams. Yeah, the animation's really good. But yeah, with Hana's backstory, I just found it, like, interesting and really mature. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these characters talking, all of them in that club talking to one another. A lot of maturity there. Like, there's still some, like, hey, don't touch me kind of, like, humor. But, like, I found it very mature, very grounded for a movie that had a homeless guy riding a bicycle at the same speed as a truck. Uh, you he know. was determined. He was, de- he was determined. He was a bike. His he, name is... He was a bike. He was a bike. <laughs> no, he, was a, he owned a bicycle store. So. His name is Gin. I think that means silver. He could get a silver medal. Um, I took it as Gin, as in glug glug. No. <laughs> I think Hana means flower. Um... Now, let's talk about the trans aspect of this movie. You mm-hmm. mentioned that this thing that you read that interested you talked about this as a like trans character thing and whatnot. Yeah, so that's the thing that got that got me interested. Not because, you know, that, that in general, but it's because of something I haven't heard of mm. that seems to be significant in some way. I felt like that would be a good thing to add to my library of films that I've seen. Yeah, I found it a bit, like, I can see this being one of those movies that people go, this is transphobic, or this isn't, and it, this is, it this, is this, this. It is very confused. I think the film struggles to decide whether this is a male or a female yeah, that... cross-dressing homosexual or trans woman. Yeah. This is a problem with media back in the day and even now sometimes. Like, there's a show I really like called Soap, in which Billy Crystal played a, a homosexual character on that, but his character also wanted to get a sex change, but he wasn't trans, and it's like this whole confusing understanding of homosexual culture as well as, as you know, uh, trans culture, and, like, the idea that these two things are the same thing kind yeah. of blurs the line. And I think, yeah, I think... For the most part, this is a progressive movie for trans characters, especially in anime. Like, I haven't seen any trans characters in anime that aren't just side characters that are there for a laugh. Yeah. So, and maybe she, I'm not she up... Is, there is a lot of comedy surrounding Hana, but it is mature. Yeah. In the end. There's maturity. And, like, like I'm like you, I, I'm not... I, unlike you, I'm not 100% confident of just saying, like, she or he, because it is so confused. Like, yeah. that's the biggest problem when it comes to the trans angle is it is a bit confused and also there's a cultural difference here and it's a time difference too like we understand that but i can see a lot of people being turned away from a modern perspective on this but at the same time i've watched modern things that still don't really and even remove it from the real world like our real world understanding from the narrative in the film it's still confused of how like that character is supposed to be represented because 
Hannah themselves refers to themselves as a guy at points and as an old queen and this, 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 this. So it's like, yeah, and I get it. You can be like, I'm not saying that that trans people can't refer to themselves in these ways. Of course they can. But it's just like in the narrative of the film and it's only like an hour and 25 minute long film or whatever it is. It would have been nice to clear up some yeah. of the confusion or kind of contradictory <laughs> contradictions, especially, especially when there are sort of some conclusive statements like "God made a mistake with me" or "What the biggest problem is that they put me in the men's ward" and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and then obviously one gag I did, two gags I did like that really did revolve around the confusion and or trans aspect of of that character was uh, when they're following the footprints. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, you can alter pretty much everything except for your feet. And I was like, <laughs> okay. But also my big laugh out loud moment, I was waiting for this conversation. My big laugh out loud moment in the movie was you set up that he, he's like, I'm eating for two. Eating for two. And then you meet that <laughs> character again. Like, when they have the baby. <gasps> He really was eating for two. <laughs> like, the shock. Like, oh my God, yeah. their world, that poor Christian woman's world was shattered. And there was also that double meaning where like, oh, she actually was eating for two. She was talking about Miyuki. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But also just like, <laughs> did he give birth to a baby? Because it's a newborn baby. Oh, within like, a few hours. Within a few hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I that was a big laugh out loud moment. But yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I can separate it, but I can see a lot of people and some trans people more like saying like, this is a confusing mess to a point in which it's uh, transphobic and, and misunderstanding how this all works. But I have enough distance to understand that this is just a, a film that has its heart in the right place, yeah. but maybe doesn't fully get in like you know and life can be confusing and messy and uh, you know pronouns and understanding that these things people flip on them all the time i get it but like just for the the flow of the movie it would have been nicer if they didn't make it a little uh, they could have made it less contradictory yeah uh there's something i want to say bartek now we're to move on to the final act of this movie mm-hmm you're 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 a fan of the film Kung Pao. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. During the chase sequence with the truck, there's a piece of music that plays that is exactly in my brain sounds like a piece of music from the film Kung Pao. Yeah. And it threw me off the scene for a while. Like, oh, that's like in the film Kung Pao. I don't know why, but it just stuck with me. And it's just like, why is what? And they came out similar years. Both films. I think Kung Pao, yeah, was early 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was after The Matrix because the cow scene. Mm. Uh, but I was like, okay, is this the same composer or what? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I had a quick look and uh, like, I listened to both of them side by side. I'm like, this is similar, but they're not the same person, but similar. Just a just a quick like 30-second piece of music in that chase scene that's like in the middle of it too, not even for the full thing, just in the middle section. So what was better animated, the chase scene or the cow? Tonguey. <laughs> From Kung Pao. They put a face on a tongue. And then a tongue comes out of it. <laughs> he goes, ay, ay, and then a little tongue comes out. We've got to do a Kung Pao on the show one day. Yeah, I'd like to. See if it still age, if it ages well. I think I think the only weakness in Kung Pao is the Matrix, the cow Matrix scene. I think that's the weakest moment of the film. I probably agree, yeah. Um, Taco Bell, oh, Taco Bell. <laughs> I, 
I, you know what I say? You know what I always do for Kung Pao? I always go, swing, swing, swinging my chain. Swing, <laughs> swing, swinging my chain. Or taika, taika, bert, birdie, birdie. Uh, enough about Kung Pao. <laughs> we could do a Kung Pao. Kung Tokyo. How do you feel about how this movie has Christmas and Christian elements just kind of floating on in the breeze and flowing through the movie? How do you feel about that? Uh, well, when it started with the priest talking about Jesus Summer and all that, it did feel kind of like, you know, Gin and Hana didn't really care. They're just going through the motions so they can get some free food. Um, but it did have, I guess, some, you know, references to the three wise men, you know. Yeah. They had the baby rather than going to the baby. Um, I, honestly, I, I didn't really think about it too much. Not with all the Christmas songs that I shoved in there? I know that there were a lot of Christmas songs, yeah, but it... it it felt. I think it was. A, I was gonna say it's more subtle, but no, I don't think it was subtle. Those were just a jab. <laughs> I know. I know. I, look, I think. I know. I picked it as a Christmas episode, but it's more just. I was just thinking. Oh, it's set during Christmas. Yeah. For me, I was just curious because I've watched anime movies, and a lot of their spirituality is that general kind of Eastern spirituality. Yeah, where it's a like, lot of Shinto for Japan. Yeah, and you know your nature and spirits and whatnot. So it was nice. It was interesting to see a movie in which it kind of was like had that more Christian-esque feel, yeah. in which it's like God did it instead of like. You know, yeah. spirits. It's not as big, but there is there is Christianity in, in Japan. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There's so, a lot of Christianity within Asian culture. It's just interesting to see it in media. I'm not... Yeah, yeah. And it's not even that heavy in this. I just found it something interesting. And yes, it's set during the Christmas Eve, New Year's time. It's like in between. Yeah. Uh, it goes through that period. I don't know. At the end there, it says like, oh, it's going to be... It's like it? the last day of the year, but also it was Christmas at the start. Like, I know a few days passed, but I don't think it was a full week between. So. Uh, it's a bit confusing. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Deus Ex Machina, baby. Uh, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was, this was an entertaining, entertaining little film. I'm, I'm really curious to check out his other, other movies, even though I yeah. hear they're weird. Oh, but good weird. Good weird. One of them I definitely want to do on the show. I think Paprika would be interesting to do alongside, like, Inception. Is he working on anything new? Uh, he's probably working on his house in heaven. Oh, is he dead? Yeah, he passed away in, like, 2010. Oh, I didn't realize he had passed so away. So you can catch up on everything. There won't be any new stuff. Oh, and well, I see, think, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, he was. I I really enjoyed all the stuff he made. Well, yeah, something to check out. I, in fact, I remember after we did The Shining, I was telling you about a bunch of the stuff I watched. You know, I watched stuff other than his. I think I said that my least favorite thing was one of his films, and when I described it, you were like, "That actually sounds kind of good." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> it was good." That was Millennium Actress, which I think there was a poster for the first two films he did briefly in this film no all three <laughs> yeah and tokyo godfather <laughs> and i know that in paprika there is like a movie theater motif and you see those three posters there as well man the ego to do that the balls it's no m night Shyamalan, but like... well i mean what's he gonna do make up new films exactly what's he gonna do make up new films you yeah. know um in his first film uh perfect blue which i think i might pick for next year's horror month uh or spooky month uh, there's a scene in it that Darren Aronofsky bought the rights to the film so that he could remake a scene from that in his film Requiem for a Dream. Oh my god. Oh no, don't don't give in too much, because if we do watch it, I'll know what scene it is. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky, you hack! Go shoot a camera right up in Jennifer Lawrence's face and call it a movie. That's right, I didn't like Mother. I don't like The Fountain either. 
So, Bartek. Yes. Is there anything else you want to discuss about this movie before we close the book on it? Uh, not to any meaningful degree, but jumping way back to when we did our episode on uh, G-Force, we talked a little bit about voice actors and how yeah. you mentioned, like, oh, you like to try to pick out some. Yeah, yeah. I try to do the same thing, too, but I focus a lot on Japanese voice actors, and in this film, I think I picked out, like, four that I knew. Ooh. So that was a nice little bonus for me, because I like picking them, them out. Nice. Like, the taxi driver is a guy called Koichi Yamadera, who is the main character in Cowboy Bebop and uh, Ooh, okay. Spike. Um, the guy that gets shot at the wedding is Rikia Koyama, who's got like this really cool kind of calm voice, but he sometimes uses it for comedy. Uh, Gin's daughter, uh, Kyoko, which by the way, that's a recurring name through the film. They yeah. Keep yeah. Making, meeting Kyoko's. Uh, that's a lady called Mamiko Noto, who's known for a very like kind of high hush voice, very distinctive. And the person she's marrying, the doctor, is a guy called Akio Otsuka, who he's the Japanese solid snake. He's got that like. Oh boy! He's got that you know very deep voice. It's very also very distinctive. Nice. Yep. That's just a little gush from me. It's, it's gush. Now put the plug back in so we can get that gush. <laughs> okay. Wow. We're back. Okay. So we I did watch a plugs. porn, huh? No. <laughs> hey, he Gin grabbed a tit at one point. He did, but it was a closed one. We That's did true. get nipples. Breastfeeding nipples. Breastfeeding nipples. Well, one of them wanted to breastfeed, but. She didn't get the... Well, she had a she miscarriage. Can't. We didn't talk about that character at all. We kind of did. She's fine. Yeah. She's like a thrown at the last minute kind of antagonist. She was the goal throughout the film, but yeah. But then she was like crazy. Yeah. We didn't talk about her husband either who lived in a trash pile. I don't know. Well, he lived in, in a messy apartment room. It was so filled with trash that the guy tripped, tripped over, over him. Thinking it was just, yeah, trash. Um, alright. I think that's about it with uh, Tokyo Godfathers. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, recommend it, Ryan? I do. It's, uh, you know, if you give it a chance, it will grow on you. Uh, that's what I think about it. Like, you know, that, yeah. that first chunk can be a bit slow and you could be a bit put off by the mean-spirited nature of our characters. But in the end, it's worth it. And you should watch it on Christmas with your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> but yeah. And then they'll be quoting, like, do you want an ambulance or do you want heaven? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That exactly. funny line. That hilarious line that all kids <laughs> love. <laughs> you recommend it, of course? Yes, I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed it the second time and I enjoyed it after the second time too, just thinking about it more. There you go. I guess one last thing I'll mention is there was that shot where after Gin was beaten up by the, the homeless hunter guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like bloody and walking through an alley and he like collapses. They got that shot... Of, like, up the stairs of the alley, you can see people walking by, but, like, Gin doesn't call out to them. It really evoked this feeling of, like, oh, even if he did call out, they mm, might not They wouldn't because, help him, yeah. Because homeless discrimination, you know. Yeah, that f- this film does deal with that. Like, when they're on the train, and everyone's like, they stink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they would. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, Bartek, next episode... It's my recommendation. Oh, this is bold. We're not ending it with a C next time. Wait, what about next episode? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're, now we'll end it with, hello, listening people, and then a loop. Well, uh, I'll say ho, 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 but you can ho, say ho. Yeah. So next episode, uh, my Christmassy pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will come out just before Christmas, I believe. Uh, my episode, that is. Uh, I'm choosing a Christmas classic that Bartek, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen but I think you're very aware of it. Mm-hmm. 
We're doing a, a a real staple of Christmas. This is like a Christmas classic. Mm-hmm. You're smiling because you know what it's going to be. Do you want to guess? Um, is it? Is it? It's a Wonderful Life. No, it's Jingle All the Way, buddy. Oh, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, am I going to have to unwrap my DVD? <laughs> no, you're going to have to buy a DVD of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad's classic Jingle All The Way with Jake Lloyd, the film that got him Star Wars. Mm. The film that... Finally, I hit a milestone. Him. You're going to hit a milestone. Don't, don't put that cookie down now. You can see that for real. It's, like, it's just like I imagined it. And so we're going to be covering Jingle All The Way with Schwarzenegger. What's the theatrical cut? There's like a TV cut that's longer where oh, okay. they just extend scenes mm-hmm. because it needs to be longer for TV, which is unusual. Is, uh, is the film less than 90 minutes theatrically? You can look it up on IMDb. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't remember. It feels long enough to me. So we're going to be covering that next episode. So make sure to check Jingle All The Way. Check that movie out. Get to the chopper. That's not the film. It's another film. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know that it's not referenced? Schwarzenegger references his own movies all the time in other movies. You don't know until next week when you can tell me I'm wrong. I'm a confident bluffer. (laughs) (laughs) Contradiction in terms from Bartek. Bartek? You can be a confident bluffer. No, but you can't. (laughs) Oh, I see. Oh, the I'm and confident is... That's clever. But it had to be explained, so is it clever? It is. Okay. I'm very, very clever. I'm a clever, clever boy, clever Trevor. Shit, none of those words are contradictory. So, Bartek. Yes? A pleasure. Pleasure. I'm very glad you enjoyed the film. Uh, yeah, dude. I'm glad I got to reference Kong Pao a bit. <laughs> I'm glad you did that too. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> Wimp Low. <laughs> wait, maybe Wimp Low's still alive. Oh, wait, no. If you've got an ass, I'll kick it. <laughs> I like when his shoes squeak wherever he goes. <laughs> um, man, we should be doing that. But uh, listening people, you can find us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter, Spit and Posh Presents. I mean, we're pretty popular. Matthew Lillard liked one of my tweets yeah. about his fashion. As Shaggy Rogers in the Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you want to keep this in, but we made money for the first time. We made some money from our podcast. Get in that that revenue, bro. Uh, Ho, 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 Santa Claus. No, you can find us on the, yeah, Facebook and Twitter. Tweet at us, message us. We have an email, spitandpolished at gmail.com. Email us with your thoughts, your suggestions for films, or, you know, just general kind of email needs. Like, do you have a scam? We'd love to get your email. (laughs) Are you a widow who needs money so that she can get out of this old folks home? You, we got the email address spitandpolished at gmail.com. Are you lonely and just want a conversation? You can even just message us. Are maybe. you a Nigerian prince? <laughs> Tell us about life in a palace. That sounds interesting. And being in Nigeria. I'm interested in that too. I'm not just all about the palace, bro. Uh, we are on also all the podcast catches. You know, Apple, Google, Spotify. iHeartRadio. Tune in. The Spanish one. The Spanish one. Uh, on Kiss the Door Radio. No. Uh, so until next time, listening people, remember... Ho, ho, ho. Don't forget it.